you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. Welcome and greetings in Jesus' precious name. I hope that you are ready and receptive to receive this word that God is bringing to us this morning. And I truly believe that God is about to speak to us. God is about to minister to us. And he is about to equip and empower us for this next season. You know, before the season of this pandemics began, God started speaking to us about more than conquerors and, and how to experience victory in every season of our life. And we've been studying the portion of scripture from Romans chapter 8 and verse 31 to 39, what we have just read together. And I believe that meditating on these scriptures and deriving the principles and deriving all those lessons that we are getting from this particular portion of scripture will help us build a solid foundation that will help us stand on the solid rock and help us to experience the total victory that God wants us to experience in this season. You know, when we began this series, we started by talking about how God is for us. The second thing that we learned is that Jesus is the gift that God has given us. And because we have Jesus, we can have everything else. And then we expounded a little bit on how everything else includes the mighty weapons that God has given us. All the mighty weapons that is mentioned in the book of Corinthians and in Ephesians. We studied in detail about it. And then we spoke about keeping the devil disarmed. Our sins, our lifestyle can give him a weapon to hold against us. And condemnation is the primary weapon that he uses against us. And we spoke about not giving him any foothold in our life. The only way that we can do that is by becoming one with the death of Jesus. And that's what we studied in the sermon uh, with the title, Victory in Death. And after that, we studied about the resurrection conquest how we have access to God because of the resurrection of Jesus. Following that, we also studied about the right hand of God. That was a word that was very close to my heart because I know that God was standing with me when I was bringing that word. And after that, last weekend, we studied about the advocate, the perfect intercessor that we have, the perfect prayer warrior that we have, somebody that is always pleading our case and fighting for us and speaking to God on our behalf. Today, we're going to take it one step further. We're going to go into Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. The Bible says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Who is powerful enough to separate us from the love of God. And he's listing out all these other things, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. Here's something that you have to pay attention to. It doesn't say what can separate us. It says who shall separate us? Who has the power to 
separate us from the love of Christ? Who is the one capable enough, strong enough to be able to separate us from the love of Christ? And instead of saying, what is capable enough to separate us. It says, who shall separate us? In fact, the things that are mentioned are things like tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. These are all extreme circumstances. And yet, the Bible personifies all of it and says there is a person that is working behind all of these life situations. And the job of this person is to try and separate you from the love of Christ that is available for you, that is given for you. Now, let's take it a little bit further. What we're going to do is we'll read through an entire chapter in the Old Testament and we'll study this particular story and we'll try and relate to what God is trying to speak to us in this particular scripture. We know this story really, really well. I have preached about this several times. I've taught this several times and I believe that you would have read and learned a lot of principles and things to practice from this entire story and I hope that uh, God will help us together from this particular portion of scripture. This is the book of Ruth chapter 1 and we're going to read the entire chapter. I'm sure you know the story. Let's read it. It says, In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab taking his wife and two sons with him. Now, we see the story which is in the setup of a famine. It's in the setup of a catastrophe, you know, and that's the world we are living in right now. We are surrounded by this negative news all around us. Every day that you turn on the television, you have people telling you how many people are dying out there where all people are dying, when this is decreasing, somewhere else it is increasing, when this is going to be sorted out, something else is popping up, you know, all kinds of negative news. And these guys lived in a time like that. They lived in Bethlehem in a time of famine. And there is severe famine. That's what the Bible says. There was severe famine in Bethlehem. And they made a decision. There was a man of the house, he sat with his family and he made a decision. And this was his decision, we are going to get out of Bethlehem. Now, you know, when the Israelites came into Canaan, Joshua, the man of God, had given each of them a portion of land, each of them, pairing none, except Levites, all the other 11 tribes that came from Egypt. Each and every one of them got a portion of land in Canaan. Now, the Bible says that they were supposed to have this portion of land for generations to come. And yet, here is a family that had seen the severity of this famine and they decided that they are going to say goodbye to the promises of God. They are going to say goodbye to the inheritance that God has given them. They are going to say goodbye to all the things that God has in store for them because of their present circumstances. How often do we do that? Because we can't see where God is taking us in the next three years. We can't understand what is about to happen in our life 20 years from now, all that we see is today, 
I don't have friends around me. Today, I don't have the money for my expenses. Today, I don't have my uh, spiritual needs met. Today, I don't have my emotional needs met. And so I am going to get out of the promised land. I'm going to get out of the Canaan and I'm going to go and find my own satisfaction elsewhere. And this is a mistake that most of us make when we are faced with a severe famine. And I hope and I pray that this entire story will come as a warning to us and it will come as a reminder to us that God's promises, they are eternal. Temporarily, we may feel like the famine is overpowering us, but if we let the Lord have his way, then he knows how to bring about his goodness. He knows how to turn back his faithfulness towards us. Um, the next verse the Bible says in Ruth chapter 1 verse 2, it says this man, his name was Elimelech and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Mahlon and Kilian. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, the Bible says that they settled there. Isn't this, isn't this funny? You know, I want you to think about this, okay? These guys had planned for a temporary shift of residence. They had planned for a temporary job that they can undertake, a temporary uh, change of scenario that they could get. But when they reached Moab, Moab was so powerful that the Bible says they just settled there. They just got so engaged with the culture there that they are like, I'm not going back to Bethlehem anymore. This is the problem of taking a diversion from the things of God. If you try and take a break from the things of God, you have no idea how long it may take for you to get back in here. In this season, I know that things may be difficult for you. Sometimes your relationships may be difficult for you. Sometimes your uh, provisions may not come and whatever shortcuts the enemy will give you to get those provisions. The enemy will tell you, hey, why don't you, you know, probably do this business. This is not perfectly legal, but you can get money faster and you can give more to God. And you, this is a perfect shortcut. And you may think that I will do this only for three months. You know, I will do this only for the time that I am in this lockdown. Or else you may be tempted to, you know, change your loyalties in your relationship, in your churches, wherever it may be that you may think that temporarily for these three months I can do this. But the Bible says these guys took a temporary, you know, decision to move out of Bethlehem and eventually got settled there. That's the danger of taking a small break away from God. This tiniest of breaks that you take from God can cause you the longest of or the largest of casualties in the spirit realm. So may I remind you to not take this walk with God easy. The Bible says in verse 3, then Elimelech died and Naomi was left with her two sons. When did Elimelech die? It says, you know, this word that is given there is then, you know, then is a 
is a term that is given in terms of time okay which means something happened before that and what happened before that is that they settled there and when they decided to settle there see when they were just visiting moab for their provisions that itself was wrong but you know but when they loved that visitation to become a habitation and they started living there started living in that sin started living in their habits started living in that uh, way of thinking the bible says then in that place elimelech died and naomi was left with her two sons the next verse it says the two sons married moabite women one married a woman named orpa and the other a woman named ruth but about 10 years later now now what is going to happen next is 10 years afterwards should understand first they settled and when they got settled the father died and after the father died the sons they got married to local moabite women and for 10 years they've been married and guess what they did not have children for 10 years can you imagine these guys have been married and for 10 years there is no fruitfulness there is no growth there is no multiplication in their marriages that's not normal at least back in the day that is not normal they are not taking any precautions they are not doing anything to control birth but still they did not reproduce and the only thing that you can see out of it is that that they became fruitless even though they got married the marriage did not bring forth fruit and the bible says 10 years into the marriage both mahlon and kilian they died this left naomi alone without her two sons or her husband now this is the sad part that the entire family that had moved from bethlehem to moab got wiped out the only person left from their entire family to tell the story of where it began and what happened to them is naomi and the bible says everybody else died first elimelech then mahlon and then kilian all three of them died now naomi is left and with naomi is left the two daughters in law now the bible says then naomi heard in moab that the lord had blessed his people in judah by giving them crops again now look at how long it took for judah to be revived okay if you see the timeline of it we when we read this in a chapter we don't always see and understand the timeline but if you study the timeline properly it's a long period of time these guys if they would have been in bethlehem it would have taken them at least 10 15 20 years before they could finally reach verse sits where god would bless bethlehem but if they would have stayed in bethlehem the difference would have been that they would have been able to reproduce here the difference would have been that their family members wouldn't have died here the difference would have been that they would still be able to uh, have fruitfulness and prosperity in the midst of the famine now let me tell you this my dear friends that 
you may be in the season of pandemic you may be in the season of lockdown you may be in the season of distancing and isolation but you will still bear fruit as long as you are connected to the promises of god for your life as long as you're connected to canaan as long as you're connected to your inheritance as long as you're connected to your spiritual parents as long as you're connected to the good ground on which god has planted you you will still bear fruit because your ability to bear fruit is not dependent on your circumstances it is not dependent on your salary it is not dependent on your health it is not dependent on how many people praise you and talk well about you your ability to bear fruit is dependent on where you are planted where you are grounded now if you are grounded in the right place i'm telling you it doesn't matter how many cyclones come it doesn't matter how many times there is a forest fire you will stand tall in the midst of all of it and you will still bear fruit even if it takes a long time for it to completely manifest for example in Naomi's case if they would have been in Bethlehem even though it was famine it took 15 20 years for the famine to be lifted up and the external circumstances for it to change it took a really really long time but they would have still been able to prosper on the inside and that is what the lord is speaking to us this morning god wants you to remain victorious and remain prosperous from the inside and the bible says in the next verse that the, that Naomi and her daughters-in-law they got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland Now they are ready they have packed their bags and they are going back verse 7 with her two daughters in law she set out from the place where she had been living they took the road that would lead them back to Judah so guess what they have already started the journey okay it's not that they uh before they started the journey they are having a conversation they've already started the journey they have left from moab they have taken the road that goes to judah and the bible says but on the way naomi said to her two daughters in law go back to your mother's homes and may the lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me now this is what i want you to understand now the whole story the book of ruth we you usually study it in the context of how god blessed ruth but today i would like to propose that probably it was not all about ruth it was all about naomi because here is a woman who lost everything she lost her family she lost her inheritance she lost her promises she lost uh, her uh, her god given destiny to be in bethlehem she lost her husband she lost her children she lost her future she has lost everything and now she is trying to get back to that place where god wanted her to be in her own ability in her own strength and she is trying to get back there and she sees these two ladies that are walking with her and she looks at them and says you guys have been really kind to me and you have been kind to my children to my family may the lord reward you but i would like to release you because i know that i cannot give you anything 
There is nothing that I can do that can be beneficial for you. Let's read on. Verse 9. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye and they all broke down and wept. So what Naomi is saying is you guys were married once but now you don't have a husband. May the Lord bless you with another marriage and and then Naomi released them. And the Bible says they all kissed each other and they uh, said goodbye and they all broke down and they all cried out together. Verse 10 and then they resisted after they wept. It says, no, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But then Naomi gave a very logical understanding. Okay, this is what Naomi said. Verse 11, it says, but Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who would grow up to be your husbands? I want you to pay attention to this word. It says, can I give birth to other sons? Can I give birth to new things? Is there anything else that I can give you now? That is what Naomi is asking Ruth and Orpah. In other words, Naomi felt that she is now useless to these two women. These women have been kind to her. These women have been following her. But she felt that, hey, now I can't be of any benefit to you guys. But if I release you now, you can go back and have a second marriage. But if you come with me, your life is completely messed up. Look at all the guys who came with me before. They all got destroyed. None of them had any future. Now she's looking at them and saying, Hey, if you guys stay with me, you have no future. If you guys continue to remain with me, you have no hope. You have no security that is in store for you. So why don't you just go back to your own homes, go back to your mothers. Probably you will find the security of another marriage. And then she says in the next verse, Know my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I, I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. Now, the Bible says, and again, they all wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth, she clung tightly to Naomi. Now, this is what happened here. The Bible says that she said, I'm going to be of no benefit to you guys anymore. Why don't you go back to your mothers? Why don't you go back to your families? And may the Lord give you another marriage. May the Lord give you security somewhere else. And she's trying to send them off. And the Bible says that they both clung to her and they wept and Orpah, she decided that, you know, what she says makes sense. She's going to be of no benefit to me now. Let me go away. And she returned. But the Bible says this lady called Ruth. Now, let me explain this to you. Ruth happens to be the great grandmother to David. Ruth happens to be the great, 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 great grandmother to Jesus. Ruth happened to be the lineage through which our Jesus would manifest, would be born on this planet. And the Bible says this Ruth, 
she clung tightly to Naomi and she said, no, it's okay if Orpah goes, but I'm not going because I was not coming after you because of what you can give me. I am coming after you because I love you and I want to serve you. And the Bible says the next scripture in uh, verse 15, look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Verse 17, wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. Now, do you see this term separate? This is the same term that we read in Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. Who shall separate us from God's love? This is the same thing that we hear in Ruth chapter 1 verse 17, where Ruth is looking at Naomi and she says, no, 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 I'm not going to let these promises of a better marriage. I'm not going to let these promises of children. I'm not going to let these promises of security. I'm not going to let these promises of provision take me away from my love for you. And guess what? Naomi, if she would have gone back to Judah without Ruth, her life would have been wasted because there's nobody who could have helped her. But because Ruth decided saying, I am not going to separate. I'm not going to get away from you. I'm going to cling tightly to you. I'm going to be with you. The Bible says Naomi's life got redeemed. Her family got redeemed. Her generations got redeemed. Let me tell you the end of uh, Ruth and Naomi's story. Ruth goes on to say in Ruth chapter 1 verse 18, when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. But she finally agreed to take her along to Judah, to Bethlehem. And the Bible says in Ruth chapter 4 and verse 14, Then the woman of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Now, look at this, okay? Naomi, she was in this place where she had lost everything. But because Ruth, she clung so tightly to Naomi, the Bible says, Naomi got restored. Naomi got redeemed. When we look at the story, we think that Ruth got redeemed. No, 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 it was never about Ruth. It was always about God's promises for Naomi's life. Naomi was the one who walked out of Bethlehem. Naomi was the one who went and settled in Moab. Naomi was the one who lost everything in Moab. Naomi was the one who was fruitless, childless in Moab. And Naomi was the one who had no nothing to give to this Ruth. 
and still Ruth decided to cling to Naomi. Ruth in this particular portion of story is a picture of the Lord's love for us. How God continues to cling to us even in seasons when we are unable to love Him back. Even in seasons when we don't respond the right way. Even in seasons when God is trying to get our affections to Him and we are still repelling it. We are still keeping it away. We are still giving excuses. We are doing everything possible to stay outside. And we are putting all these other people and all these other things above us. And God says, guess what? Nothing can separate you from my love. I am going to cling to you just like Ruth clung to Naomi. And I am not going to let anything anything that you do, anything that you have done, anything that you may want to do in the future to separate you from my love for you, from my care for you, from my attention upon you. And the Lord says that he is going to bring you to a place where you are going to experience victory like Naomi experienced victory. But in this season, if we have to truly be able to receive this love that God is giving us, there are other things that we have to let go of. Jesus said it like this in Luke chapter 14 and verse 26. Let's read it together. He said, if you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison hate everyone else. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers and your sisters. See, I think that one of the reasons why Elimelech decided to move out of Bethlehem in the first place was because he loved his family. He wanted to provide for his family. He wanted to make sure that his children don't die out of hunger in Bethlehem. It is not because he wanted to kill his family that he moved to Moab. It is because he wanted to provide for his family. But the problem was that he loved his family more than he loved the promises of God for his life. He loved his family more than he loved God himself. He loved his family more than the instructions that God had given him. And that is why the Bible says he lost everything. And in this season, I'm sure that God is not going to give up on you. But are you going to give up on God? Are you going to prioritize other things above your life? Are you going to prioritize other relationships? You know, so many times it's not the physical hardships of health and uh, financial problems that hurt us so much. You know, it is the fact that there are other people that are dependent on us, sometimes financially, sometimes emotionally, physically. There is somebody else who is counting on us to be their provider, to carry their burden for them. That kind of tends to weigh down on you. And, and it can be very easy for you to make a compromise, to turn around and say, okay, if this is what it takes to really live for God, then I don't mind taking one step back here because I want to take care of my wife. I want to take care of my father and my mother. I want to take care of my brother and my sister. And your love for these people that God has given you around you tends to overtake your love for God. Now, I'm not asking you to hate your family. See, there has to be a biblical balance. You know, you should, you should see this portion of scripture where 
the Bible talks about how Jesus, when his mother and brothers came to him, Jesus said, who is my mother and who is my brothers? They are the ones that are listening to the word of God and they are the ones that are doing the will of God. He even refused to meet his mother and his brothers. And yet at the same time, you would see that Jesus, when he was hanging on the cross, he looked to John and said, hey, here is your mother. And looked to his mother and said, here is your, here is your son. And he made sure that there is somebody who is there to take care of his mother. So Jesus taught everything in balance. He was not talking about disrespecting your family or, or kicking them out of your life. He was talking about loving your family to the extent of being willing to compromise for them, to the extent of being willing to give up on the call of God over your life, to the extent of giving up on your Bethlehem, to the extent of giving up on your inheritance, just to please them, just to feed them, just to take care of their needs. And the Bible says, if you're going to do that, then you're not worthy of being my disciple. If you want to be my disciple, you must first give up all these other relationships that you have tried to keep above me. Now, the next one is going to be a little more harder. It says, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Jesus is not just asking you to love God more than others around you. Jesus is saying, hey, you have to love me more than your own life. This morning, I was just having an intense time of fellowship with God and I was praying and and I was making covenants with God and I was just having an awesome time with God. You know, I didn't even notice how time went by. And then suddenly I had this pain in my wrist and uh, all of a sudden, you know, it was almost like I was in the thick of glory and thick of communion with God. When all of a sudden I got distracted, that pain, that physical pain that I had, it just took over my prayer time and in the next 15-20 minutes I'm thinking all about how to fix this pain how to get rid of this pain and I, I've, I've forgotten what I was praying I, I've forgotten that I was spending time with God I just went on about taking care of myself and then the Lord suddenly reminded me and said hey do you even remember what you were praying about there was something very serious and and you and I was making a few commitments before God and and all of a sudden, I realized how I immediately prioritized myself without even doing it consciously. I prioritized myself because that pain was something I could feel physically. You know, the presence of God probably I can't see or I can't, you know, touch and feel and know all the time. But the pain, I could feel it physically and I immediately got carried away But what I could feel physically that was in front of me and that was a mistake that Elimelech and his family did they could feel the famine they could feel the severity they could feel the pain they could feel the lack and they got swept away by what they could feel but in this season God wants you to love him not just more than how much you love your family but more than how much you love yourself more than how much you take care of your own self that is how much God wants you to give yourself to him and sometimes living a life like this can be extremely demanding you know the more you walk with God the more he is going to 
show you all the insecurities that you have on the inside of you. The more he's going to expose everything, every hidden, failing, broken, sinful tendency that you have inside you, the more he will expose that love that you have for your people around you, the more he will expose the love that you have for yourself, the more he will expose the love that you have for your uh, pets, the love that you have just for your gadgets and, and for the things, for your ambitions and for your career and all those things. You and I have to be willing to let the Lord deal with these false securities. You and I have to be willing to let the Lord expose this and bring it out in the front and say, Lord, deal with me. And in that time, we will have two options. When we see that we cannot be productive. For example, Naomi felt the same thing. Naomi felt very sinful. She felt that the fist of God was against her. We read that scripture. She felt that God himself has forsaken her. And she said, there's nothing that I can give to you, Ruth. Why don't you go back home? Why don't you find somebody else? And sometimes I've prayed like that. I've told God, God, I don't think I can ever serve you truly, completely in the way that you want me to. I don't think I can give you my 100%. Why don't you find another pastor? Why don't you find somebody else? Why don't you find another missionary? I don't think I can do this. And the Bible says that Ruth saw that Naomi could not give anything and still Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. And this morning, this afternoon, wherever, whenever you're listening to this word, I want to let you know that no matter how unworthy you feel, God is going to cling tightly to you. You know, God is going to cling tightly to your life. He's going to make sure that you are covered by His love. Let me give you this example in the New Testament. This is the story of Peter. One night, Peter went out fishing and he caught nothing. And Jesus came on his boat. Jesus decided to select Peter's boat out of all the other boats that were there. Jesus decided to walk on that one boat that did not have any fruit, that did not have any fish, that did not have any productivity. And the Bible says Jesus told him, go deeper. He took the boat deeper. And then Jesus told him, cast the net on this side. And he said, Jesus, it's pointless. I have done this all night. I've been doing this for 10 years in the land of Moab. I've been doing this. I know what it takes. I've been doing this. But Jesus said, just listen to me and just cast your net. And the Bible says, immediately Peter caught a huge catch. And when Peter saw that this is a divine personality, Peter had not yet experienced an encounter with Jesus. But when Peter saw that this is somebody who is very much connected to God and very much like God, this is not a normal person. I think that's the same realization that Naomi had when she was in Moab and she saw how God had started to bless people in Judah, people in Bethlehem. And here she is dying, but people in Judah and in Bethlehem, they are prospering and they are experiencing a mighty harvest of crops. When she also saw that, she had the same realization and the same realization Peter had. Let's read this together. Luke chapter 5 verse 8. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O Lord, please 
leave me. I am such a sinful man. I am such an unproductive person. The same request that Naomi had towards Ruth and Orpah. You would see Peter saying the same thing to Jesus saying, Please stay away from me. Please don't come near me. I am not worthy of this. You are a perfect person. I am a sinful person. I don't deserve to be around such favor and blessing. Please stay away from me. And uh, the story goes on to say how Jesus did not give up on Peter. Instead of leaving Peter, Jesus caused Peter to follow him. Jesus clung tightly to Peter. Jesus made sure that this Peter who was ready to run away from Jesus would be the foundation, would be the first apostle to start preaching the good news after the uh, day of Pentecost. Jesus made sure that Peter will be one of those most profound ministers of the gospel in the New Testament church. So may I remind you that everybody in the Bible that God used, they were unworthy. But because the love of God did not allow any separation, the sins that we have, the self-ambitions that we have, the love that we have for our own families and our own self, all of these tends to bring a bridge between God and us. It tends to drive God's presence away from us. And sometimes we want to run away from the presence of God like Adam and Eve did. And sometimes we don't want to go into the presence of God because we feel so guilty like Cain did. And this morning, wherever you are listening to me, let me tell you this. Jesus wants to cling tightly to you. In spite of how much you will request him to leave you alone, he is not going to leave you alone. He is going to be right there for you. And if you will allow him, he is going to make sure that you get back your productivity that you get back everything that you lost. You know, when Naomi came back into Bethlehem, she told everybody, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. Mara means bitter. Now call me Mara because my life was so full when I went out. But now when I come back in, I am completely empty. Now, some of us feel that way this morning and you want people to look down on you. You want to be away from everybody, everything. But the Lord says, you cannot be away from me. Nothing in all of creation, absolutely nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate us. Will famine separate us? No. Will persecution, distress, nakedness, hunger, what kind of things? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ in God? Who will separate us? Nobody, absolutely nobody can separate us from God's love. Let's finish with reading this particular scripture. This is 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16. I want us to meditate on this scripture a little closely. The Bible says, We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in His love. It doesn't say we have put our trust in our ability to love Him. It doesn't say we have put our trust in our ability to be pure. It doesn't say we have put our trust in our ability to do the right things. It doesn't say we have put our trust in our ability to pursue God. It says we have put our trust in His love. We have put our trust in God's love. 
this morning we have to trust in his love for us the bible doesn't say you know if you will try really hard you will make it to heaven the bible says if you will trust in his love you know the one thing that can damage our destinies is if we insist on pushing the root away you know if we would just say hey root i don't care what you're doing you're not coming home with me uh, but this root was supposed to be the promise of god for naomi if we insist on separating those people out of our life who are supposed to bless us or supposed to stand with us then we will lose out on the promises of god for our life but instead if we will trust in the love of god this morning it says we know how much god loves us and we have put our trust in his love what is his love the bible says god is love god is love this is what love is he is love and all who live in love live in god and god lives in them isn't that amazing it is god is love and all who live in love live in god and god lives in them in other words this morning if you decide if you choose to trust in him if you choose to trust in his love for you then you are deciding you are making your choice to live in him and he is going to live in you the bible says and as we live in god our love grows more perfect it doesn't happen overnight but as we continue to do it as we continue to spend time under the covering of his love as we continue to not let anything separate us from his love to not separate ourselves from his love as we continue to cling tightly to his love as he is clinging tightly to us the bible says that his love in us it grows more and more perfect are you ready for the next scripture this is what the next scripture says such perfect love such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear you know when nakedness or hunger or famine or distress or all these kind of persecutions that we face is surrounding us it is not those difficult circumstances that is hard for us to bear it is the fear of seeing and experiencing those things is the fear of what's my family going to say and how is my family going to bear this and how am i going to experience this that is what causes us to give up that is what causes us to run into moab that is what causes us to run away from jesus like like how peter ran away from jesus on, on that boat and uh, sometimes that fear of judgment sometimes that fear of punishment sometimes that fear of how is jesus going to look at me now i was a member of bethlehem i was living in bethlehem i knew the promises of god i intentionally rebelled and i walked out and i ran away from him and i rebelled against his covenant i i stopped submitting myself to the voice that god had given me I, is he even going to be concerned about this is he even going to be concerned about me because he has raised his fist against me that may be the feeling that you and i have this morning the bible says if we allow his love if we trust in his love 
if we are going to put our trust in what he has done for us then this perfect love is going to expel all fear fear is the primary thing that divides us fear is what divides our relationship with god fear is what divides us from our family members fear is what divides us from our promises fear is what keeps us away from our inheritance fear why do you think elimelech and his family left bethlehem not because of lack but because of fear nobody had died in their family yet nobody had been hurt in their family yet but that fear drove them away and this morning every fear that is driving you away from the love of god that is driving you away from the presence of god that is driving you away from the kingdom of god from the work of god i command in the name of jesus that those fears shall be expelled out of your life because there is this love my 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 the bible says god himself is that love when i release this love into your life what i'm releasing is the presence of god into your life this love he lives in you well let's just read that scriptures again can we this is first john chapter 4 and verse 16 onwards the bible says we know how much god loves us and we have put our trust in his love god is love do you see that god himself is love and all who live in love will live in god and god lives in them and as we live in god what happens our love for him our desire for him our pursuit of him it grows more perfect his love is always perfect but as we continue to live and trust in his love for us our love grows more perfect and it says such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear perfect love is being released over your life this morning and this perfect love it expels all fear this perfect love is the bridge that is going to fill the gap this perfect love is the element that is going to bring you together with god again bring you together with the promises of god for your life again you may feel like you've lost everything but you have not lost it you may feel like there's no more hope you may feel like you cannot reproduce anymore you may feel like there's nothing else that you can give to god but i'm telling you this love will make a way and he will make sure to do it through you what do you have to do not try but just yield just surrender just let him do it through you when you don't know how to do it just say lord i don't know how to do it but your love lives in me so do it through me when you don't know how to be pure when you don't know how to stay away from temptations just say lord let your love remain in me and may your love do it through me your love is living in me and my love for you is becoming more and more perfect let's read this scriptures out and we will pray together the bible says in psalms 62 verse 5 let all that i am wait quietly before God for my hope is in him he alone is my rock and my salvation 
my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor, it comes from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Verse 8, O my people, trust in Him at all times. Bangalore Revival Center, let me remind you, trust in His love at all times. My dear sons and daughters that are watching me around the world, trust in Him at all times. Trust in His love. Pour out your heart to Him. For God is our refuge. God is our refuge. God is our refuge. Can we just sing this song out loud wherever you are? Just, just disconnect from everything else and just connect yourself to the source of perfect love. Let Him make you perfect. Let Him make you holy. Let Him make you fruitful once again. Because he says, nothing will be able to separate you from his love. Nothing, nothing will be able to separate you from his love. No, my fountains are in you. All my hope is built on your love. With every breath I live for you, Lord, all my fountains are in you. All my hope is built on you, Lord, all my fountains are in you. With For you, Lord, all my fountains are in you, Lord. All my hope is built on your love. All my fountains are in you. Yes, with every breath I live. For you, Lord, all my fountains are in you. Jesus, all my hope is built on your love. All my fountains are in you. With every breath I live for Father, I pray for your children, wherever they are watching me from, wherever they are tuned in from this morning, I just pray and I bless them right now. And I speak this grace to trust in your love, your love that does not allow them to be separated from you. Your love that is the perfect bridge between heaven and earth. Your love that is the perfect bridge between your heart and our hearts. Your heart that is coming to us, our heart that is going our separate ways. I pray that that perfect love will be released upon your children wherever they are tuned in. 
wherever they are watching and today will be the day of responding to your love today will be the day of trusting in your love like it says in psalm 87 all my fountains are in you all my source of love all my source of strength is in you and i'm just going to trust in you lord we are just going to trust in you together as a family somebody type out your confessions of trusting in god somebody type out your prayers to the lord right now let it become public let it become you know permanent let the church hear what you are praying out to god right now let everybody know that this is what i believe this is what i'm standing for this is what i am rooting for that this season i am more than a conqueror father i just pray and i bless your children wherever they are in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit may they experience the victory that is available for us by experiencing your love we give you all the praise the glory and the honor in jesus mighty name we pray amen thank you for tuning in we believe that you are blessed by the word we would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a saturday night service at 7 pm or a sunday morning service at 11 am for more information please visit our website streamingrevival.com